When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 at 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio, Bucks Superfan. Nathan Marzion is here uh, as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. Uh, and it's been a while since I've talked to Nathan Marzion. Uh, earlier this week on Tuesday, I had a chance to sit down with Jim Ozarski, Bucks beat writer of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. If you missed it. You can go back and listen to it on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast uh, at. It was on the phone, so there was no video uh, for that one. Talked to him, uh, Nathan, while he was driving back from the golf course. Uh, that's how we did it over a half hour. He had a long draft, hour drive or whatever it was. I had to go play some golf, so we had a chance to catch up, uh, and you can check out that podcast uh, whenever you'd like. Okay, Nathan, so got to get to the Twitter poll question that we actually had last week that we never got to because Bud got fired. Uh, so we'll go over the results for that because it was a big one. Ton, a ton, a ton of response. And Nathan Marzian's Twitter poll question last week and lots and lots of conversation about it. So we'll get to that. Uh, and we got to talk about some of these interview requests uh, that the Bucks have made to this point. Uh, but before we get to all of that, let's talk about Giannis on Twitter. So first, uh, congratulations are in order, Nathan Marzian. Giannis and his girl are having another baby. How about it, Nathan? Yeah, good for Giannis. You know, he's he's going to build, build his own starting five. Rumor has it, the leading name of it's a boy is Nathan. That's what I had heard. I, I don't know if it's true or not, but that that's the rumor floating out there that he made name the baby after the Bucks super fan, Nathan Marzia. I would not complain about that. You'd be okay. You're signing off. It's all right. Yeah, it's fine. All right, good. I didn't know. I'll allow it. I will allow it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, very, very good. And word has it, if it is a girl, it'll be Wendy. Because, you know, when the Bucks win, you win because of Wendy's and get Frosty and all that. Which really sucks, by the way, because now the Bucks aren't playing, so now I don't get the free Frosties uh, like we were getting all year long because the Bucks won a ton of games. They do have the Strawberry Frosty now, by the way, all summer, which is delicious. But, oh, well, we miss out. Yeah, it's it. a, so, it's, it's Nathan a good thing or Wendy, I think. It's a good thing the Frosty promotion is not only for the playoffs. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, okay, um, so Wendy is, Wendy's my mom's name too. Just so you know. Shout oh, out perfect, to my mom. beautiful. So another reason. So you, you win either way. You go with the Marzian Wendy or the fast food restaurant Wendy. Uh, all right, so let's uh, chat about Giannis. Uh, out comes the tweet. It was a uh, that's a pretty cool tweet. So it's like him sitting on the bench. There's like this green light shining on him or whatever, uh, and look at all badass. I guess you could say. And uh, it's uh, sick of the disrespect. I'm coming. Okay. 
And immediately, everybody gets all fired up. Now, my first reaction was, he's mad over not being on either one of the all-NBA teams for defense. That was my initial reaction of this whole disrespect thing that he was mad at because he didn't end up on either team. What did you make of the tweet, and what do you think he was talking about? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was about the All-NBA thing because the timing of it was that same day. It was just a few hours after that happened, so um, pretty sure it was about that. I will point out that I don't know how many people know this. Giannis does not always run his social media. Um, it's not some of the stuff that's out there is not like him necessarily tweeting that. Now, I'm sure he has to approve stuff. I'm sure that, you know, it's not like he stuff is out there without him knowing. Um, but I just want to point that out. That's all. Yeah. Okay. I, like the baby thing could have been somebody else, right? Taking the picture of him. It looked like they were at Pfizer form based even, on if you look in the background. Yeah. But even the, uh, even the, the, oh, I'm, I'm coming one like that. I'm not 100% sure that that was Giannis from his phone tweeting that. Or his laptop, if he has a laptop or desktop <laughs> at his house. You never know how he, how he does it, and right? It could be. It could be. But again, I just, it's, people get mad at it and people are like, oh, you know. And then like, I'm not with, mad at it. No, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying there's people that like, there's, there's some people. And then he posted something the next day, which was a TikTok kind of merging like what he was saying after game five and what Kobe said in an interview about failure and all that. And people are like, Oh, he's making TikToks or like, Oh, he's using Kobe to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he's not like Giannis is not making that TikTok. Like you think Giannis is taking time out of his day to put this together <laughs> and put the words on. I'm like, no, like that's not, that's not him. Like he has a social media team. He has a PR team. Marzian, yeah. You do have a social media team that does all your video editing and does all your stuff for you. Oh yeah. None of my tweets are actually me. It's all just my team. So See? The but more you no, listen to reading growing, the more you learn about these people. Again, I'm just I'm just pointing that out that I think maybe people just don't have any clue of that that is a thing. But like I feel like people maybe need to know that. But you also do agree though they can't post stuff without his approval, right? Yeah, no, I I definitely think it's about the All NBA thing. I think it's about Giannis just being like, all right, like screw everyone, you know. I think just he wants to just put the league on notice again. Like, hey, I'm not, I'm still here and I'm still going to be here and you're going to have to go through me next year. Let me tell you what bothers me. What bothers me is Giannis is the uh, team guy. It's not about me, it's about us. It's more concerned about, you know, winning championships than MVP. But then talks about how it's not a big deal to him in this whole interview, which really he was talking about the MVP the whole time. Let's be honest. Uh, and now here is this. If we both believe it's about the all NBA team, this whole rigmarole about it not being about me, it's about being about us is just nonsense because it still is about him. Just like it was about Kobe. It's about LeBron. It was about Michael. The, that ego part of it is still a thing. You still want to feed your ego. You got bounced in the first round. And we're talking about being disrespected because you're not an all on an all NBA defensive team. You know what I mean? So if it's all about us, 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 and it's not about me and these individual awards don't mean anything, it doesn't kind of make sense. Now you're coming. Why didn't you do all this after you lost? Like that was horrible. And we're coming next year. We're coming next year. Watch out. Something like that. Okay, cool. That's that's a team. We're coming next year. Watch out. Whatever the case may be. But he didn't do anything like that. 
Instead, we're talking about, ah, failure, ah, not, not a thing. Failure, it doesn't exist. No, no, no. Okay, fine. So we play, we, we spin it off that way. And then we sit here and then we talk about I'm coming after he gets left off the all NBA defensive team. I think there's a lot more me to Giannis uh, than Giannis lets on. That's, that's what I think, Nathan Marzian. First off, you just said two minutes ago, oh, I'm not mad at this. I'm not upset. I'm not mad at it. I'm not well, mad that he said it. About? I'm okay with you being mad about it. What I'm mad about, not really mad about, but what I want to unravel here is the, it's always about us. It's not about me and how he puts out that perception that he doesn't care about the awards. It's not a big deal. It's more about the team. But then you you put that out there. I don't know, man. Like, just say what it is. Like, you have an ego too. You do care about these damn awards. It does mean something to you. Quit spinning it and act like it doesn't mean anything. Clearly, all of this means something. All of these individual awards, MVP, all NBA defense. Who gives a damn if you're on all NBA defense or not? Who cares? It's definitely not a bonus thing. The man's beyond wealthy. So it's not a money thing. It's not going to break him because he didn't make the all NBA defensive team. That's not what it is. This is an ego and a pride thing. Looking at this list and going, dude, F that. I'm better than half these clowns or three quarters of them or all of them. And I got screwed. Okay, fine. I'm fine with you having an ego and being a meat guy. We all have egos. A majority of us are me guys. Marzian has an ego. He's a me guy. About what? I don't know. But probably about something in his life. I definitely am a me guy about a lot of things in my life. And I guarantee you he is too. It's just the nonsense of spinning it all the time, trying to be like this perfect guy that's team first and all the stuff doesn't matter. But it all does matter. Just like it matters to everybody else. That's all I'm saying. Hold on. We need to get something straight here. Giannis, in his last time talking about MVP, said it matters. He said, I, I care about this stuff. He never said, I don't care. I don't want to win. It. I, Who was that said, interview with? Do you remember? Chris Haynes. I'm going to call he it said, He said in there, he said, yeah, I want to win another one. Yeah, I think I deserve another one. But his focus is on winning a title, and it will. You can care about this stuff and still be team first just because you care about winning awards as every and I I completely agree every single player does and if they're if they say they don't they're lying because everyone cares about getting recognition everyone cares about you know be, again being recognized as a MVP all defensive all NBA whatever but that doesn't mean he's putting himself above the team that doesn't mean he's a me guy that just means okay he yes he cares about that stuff he has admitted he cares about that stuff and he wants to win it is his focus on winning a title still? Absolutely. But that goal is gone now. So it's not like if this was happening, I mean, I'll ask you this question. I got the interview up with his quotes. Okay, go ahead. Do you think, do you think that this tweet would have been tweeted if the Bucks were still playing? Because I can tell I you right know. now there is a there that's is a zero percent chance. That's a great there question. A I don't know. Zero. I'm putting a O up to the screen. There is a zero percent chance that this is tweeted if they're still playing because his focus is on winning a championship. Well, and he's talking to the media at that point. He's got no media to talk to right now. He's got press. He's got all these people around his locker now. He could talk to because they're going to ask him, "Dude, what do you think?" Now, being all, he wouldn't have to tweet it out. He could just tell them, "Yeah, I think I got screwed. Like, I should have been on it." He could have just had that conversation with media around him versus having to take to Twitter because he's got no. Now he could have, I guess, you know, texted Eric name, "Dude, I want to talk about this." I guess he could have done that or Chris Haynes. He could have went and sought somebody versus putting a tweet out, I guess. But if he was still in the playoffs, he would have just had the media to talk to because somebody would have brought it up and asked him about it. He would not have said a thing about this if they were still playing because he doesn't care about this stuff when the season's going on and he's fighting for a title. 
well, now that that's over, okay, he can look at this and be like, okay, we just lost and now they're disrespecting me and he's talking about that. Like, that's a completely different thing. This, you don't have to, like, these don't have to be either you care about yourself or you care about the team. You can care about yourself and put the team first still. That is Giannis. Like, he, he cares about himself. He wants to win stuff. He he said that. He said, go in that article. He I wants have it to right here. I got the quote up right here. Read, read the quote that says right I here, want buddy. to. Yeah, read it. Okay. Uh, quote. Uh, this is from Bleacher Report and Chris Haynes, like uh, Marzian said. Look, I will never try to create a narrative about the work I put in, and maybe that might hurt me because I believe the last five years I've been the MVP. Do I want a third MVP? Hell effing yeah. I want a third one. He swore, but I'm not, I'm not going to swear on this podcast. I'm extremely competitive. I try to make my team successful. That's what I get paid for. That's what I'm here for. I'm never going to be one who discredits anybody else's work. That's not who I am as a person. I will never beg for an MVP award that I believe I deserve. And technically that line is, I mean, you can read it however you like, but I'm very proud that I'm able to play at an MVP level because that means I'm making my team very successful. That's the goal. Can I say this? Two of the MVPs I won the last five years, those were my two worst seasons in that span, Giannis told Bleacher Report. Go pull up the stats. But it doesn't even matter. I've tried to avoid these conversations at all costs. I don't ever want to drive a narrative and have my kids seeing their father whining about an award because at the end of the day, it's all a part of history. I don't want to win that way. So what's the tweet then? The tweet is just saying, I'm this the tweet isn't like it would be different if you know you see guys tweet that are like I saw Donovan Mitchell was like oh like I think he said lol or like uh I don't remember what he said like Giannis isn't like complaining that he didn't get it he's just saying all right like I'm I'm coming next year you know that's it he's just it's just a it's like a motivation thing it's not a it's not a necessarily complain it's just okay like we're coming next year That's and, I, and as i as as he said he wants it like he wants an mvp yes he wants it yes he cares about that stuff that doesn't make that is like the way you portrayed it when you in your spiel was it sound like you were like okay he's me first or he's team first correct or he cares about me or he cares about the team you can care about yourself and care about the team and be team first like that is it's possible to be both a lot of guys are both, you know, I mean, Giannis is 100% both. Like he, does he want to win awards? Yes. Would he trade every award he has for a championship? Yes. Okay. All right. There he is. Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan uh, Marzian. It's interesting because we did the, I did the interview with Jim Ozarski from the journal Sentinel covers the bucks. When that came out, we did the interview that day. That's when we recorded green and growing. Jim Ozarski had the Milwaukee vote. Did not vote for Giannis for all NBA defense. Said it on the podcast. Go back and listen to it. Just didn't think he deserved to be on there based on how he played this year. I would love, 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 love to hear the conversation between Giannis and Jim Ozarski uh, and Giannis's defense as to why he wasn't put on there or why he thinks he should have been put on there. Now, having said that, Gilbert Arenas just did his podcast the other day. I don't know if you saw that on, on social media. A video was uh, swirling around. And he's talking about uh, that he doesn't understand how you determine who gets credit for a defensive play one way or the other. So if I get beat, but the help guy comes over and does his thing, does the help guy get credit for that if he doesn't score? Or does the guy that's defending him get credit because he held that guy from getting a basket technically? And he went over this whole thing. Like he doesn't understand how you're judging guys because he was 
the reason this whole thing came up was because he thought it was nuts that Giannis wasn't on the all NBA defensive teams. Like he didn't understand. So then that got into the whole conversation of how do you even judge who should be on this team and who shouldn't? At this point, as I'm watching this video of Gilbert Arenas, I'm thinking to myself, he just needs Nathan Marzi on there. That's all you really need, Gilbert, because Marzian would put up all these defensive metrics and numbers and stats and all this stuff and show you what probably a majority of these guys that vote for these awards are probably looking at. Am I right or am I wrong, Marzian? Are there a bunch of numbers that these beat writers and columnists can pull up to judge really who are the best defensive players in the league? Um, yes, there are. Now, I the numbers don't tell the whole story and it's always like that with everything where you need to look at the numbers, but you also need to say, Hey, you know, watching this guy play, you know, what does he like defensively? Does he, is he making an impact to see someone that, you know, affects the game without even having a shot like thrown up near him? Like if, you know, if a defender or if a, if an offensive player drives to the hoop and Giannis is down there and that causes them to not shoot a layup and instead pass it out, Okay, well, that doesn't show up in any stat of Giannis limited, you know, Giannis held a guy from or kept a guy from shooting the ball and made him pass it out to the perimeter. Like that doesn't show up. Um, so there's stuff that you have to just look for of, okay, this guy's making a huge impact. But ultimately, it comes down to like on off defensive stuff. Um, it comes down to the advanced defensive stuff. It comes down to your um, field goal percentage allowed when, with you as the primary defender, which Giannis was number one in the league in this year, I believe. So there's plenty of stuff. I, I personally, for me, I'm just like, I don't know. Are there really 10 defenders in the NBA better than Giannis that were definitively better than Giannis this year? I don't think so. Um, I, I just don't see that as, as true, but you know, again, I, you said, you know, I would like to hear a conversation with Giannis and Jim about this. Giannis would just say, I'm like, as he said in the article, like he's not going to beg for something he thinks I, he deserves. He's not going to sit there and try to, make his whole case. No, but I would think Giannis would be like to Jim Ozarski. Okay, why didn't you vote for me? What didn't I do that you think I should have done better at when I was on the floor? Because if I'm Giannis, I, I'm curious. Now that I know you yeah, didn't but, vote for me, tell and, me and what then, you think I should have done better. Yeah, and then Jim would say his answer, and Giannis would just say, all right, then, like, watch me. You know, watch me next year. Or he'll say, all right, like, I just disagree. Like, I don't think Giannis is going to be the guy that is trying to, again, complain and campaign and make all his case he's just like i know how good i am and you know that whatever like i just think he's pretty i do think he's pretty comfortable with where he's at now again he's he's using this stuff as motivation he's not necessarily complaining about it he's just saying all right i'm, I'm gonna be there next year it'll be fun to see uh what he improves on going into next year for sure uh let's go to topic number two uh and i i've seen marzian all over twitter about this and i know what i'm in for but i'm still gonna ask him the question uh, what do you make of the names the Bucks have requested for interviews uh, with so far? Now, uh, Kenny Atkinson uh, is one. Now, Kenny Atkinson was the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, had a decent year, one of those three or four years that he was there. Kenny Atkinson also was an assistant coach for Larry Drew. I was an assistant coach for Mike Budenholzer uh, when they were in Atlanta. So two former Bucks coaches. He's got ties to both of them. Uh, if that matters to you uh, one way or the other. Uh, so that's a guy that's out there. Scotty Brooks, the latest one that we saw prior to the podcast uh, being recorded. I have zero interest in him. Uh, but as you know, people start talking about, well, maybe he has ties to Dame Willard and 
And he has ties to this guy. And how much of a big deal is it if you hire a head coach that has ties to a potential free agent or potential star on another team that wants to play for this guy? Does that factor into whether or not you want to hire a certain head coach going forward? What say you, Nathan Marzian? The names are not good. Like, except for maybe Kenny Atkinson is the one that's like, okay, you know, that's okay. You know, that's one that you're kind of interested in. The other names, no, are you, are you, are you excited about these guys? Definitely not. But a couple things. I, everyone, everyone, every single time a name gets dropped out there, people act as though they just hired that guy. People act as though they just announced that that guy is the next coach. And it's, oh my God, what, what are we doing? Oh no, it, it's a freaking interview. Why would they not interview as many people as they possibly can? You have time. You're, you're okay. not rushing there. I have a Why counter you, on Twitter. Well, hold on. Why would you not interview as many people as possible? You know, whoever's in your, whoever's in that, that someone that you're, you know, talking to or someone that you know is interested, just say, hey, let's just hear them out. Let's just hear what they have to say. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. It doesn't hurt. Hold on. Let me, let me finish. It doesn't yeah, hurt to, yeah. it does not hurt to interview people, you know? If they went and hired someone that really had no track record and really looked like a bad hire, that's different. And in that case, they must have done a damn good interview. But I'm just saying that they're just interviews. Like we don't have to act every single time like these are the guys that they're hiring. Number two, we are one week into this. This is not like it's been two months and you know, we're still sitting here and these coaches, the 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 list of coaches that they have interviewed is like the same and they, they all suck. This is the very first step to this. And so it's like, I don't know. People are just acting like this is all they're going to have to work with. And that's just flat out. Not true. And uh, yeah. And the third thing too, is that (laughs) people on Twitter and just people in social media and people in general, want to act like they know more about these coaches than the people who actually are doing this job, interviewing them, whose jobs are on the line to make the right decision. Now, can they make a mistake? Yes. Does that happen with, you know, players and stuff and trades and all those? Yes. And hiring of coaches. Yeah. And I, but I'm just saying when you, it's different from players being signed or players being traded because, the, the they don't have that much more intel on us than at uh of players than we do they don't have, sorry i'm going to miss miss said that they don't have as much intel on players that much more intel on players than we do whereas with coaches they have a lot more intel on these guys than we do we don't know that much about these coaches we really don't you can like i'll say to anyone you know people i want to act like oh Borrego's terrible and Scott or Scott Brooks is terrible. And um, who are the other people? I don't even know. Whoever else is terrible. Okay. Then tell me their strengths and weaknesses. Tell me how they coach in game. Tell me how players like them. Go ahead. Tell me like genuinely, if, if you can tell me everything about them and everything you know about them, then I'll, then I'll say, Hey, okay, respect. Like you don't know what these coaches are like. Sure. They might have a bad track record. Sure. They might, you might look at their records and their four seasons they coached and say, Oh, this isn't that great. But like a lot of factors can go into that. Number one and number two, it's like that doesn't tell the entire story. You know that that does not. It, they will have so much more knowledge of these coaches than we will after interviewing them, and just they in general know more about these guys. So 
I'm not going to sit up here and act like I'm an expert on this stuff and act like, oh, this guy for sure sucks. Like, you don't know. You don't know how they would coach this Bucks team. You don't know what they're planning on trying with this Bucks team. You don't know what they're going to say in these interviews and what they're going to, you know, again, the, the ideas they have. Because they could be, on one team, it could be bad. And you could say, yeah, this style didn't work with this team, but it might work with the Bucks. Like, it, there's just so much that goes into it that it's like, we can't act like we know exactly what's going on here. That's all I'm, I'm I love your positive energy and positive attitude towards this. Now, let me tell you what really happens. What really happens is you've got scouts that are friends with coaches. You've got GMs that have made connections with coaches. You have GMs that are making, doing favors for agents that represent different coaches. Sure, I'll interview your guy. Sure, yeah, no problem. Bring them in. Then you have owners, Jimmy Haslam, uh, Wesley Edens, uh, and Jamie Dinans and these guys that also have their own connections. Haslam, not as much. But these other guys, I'm sure, over the course of time, have made their own connections around the NBA. They've become friends with different guys. Why did Jason Kidd get hired? Not because Jason Kidd knew what the hell he was doing with the Nets, but because he was friends with Mark Lazary. And Lazary convinced Edens that this is what we should do. He'll help us sell tickets. He's a Hall of Fame point guard. He knows what the hell he's doing. Let's go. That's why Jason Kidd got hired. That's the only reason Jason Kidd got hired. So here comes Jason Kidd. He's your head coach. Boonholzer got hired in a, from Atlanta. Why? Because he took a team that had no business being as good as they were and lost because of LeBron, like everybody else in the Eastern Conference. And they thought, perfect. He's got a more modern approach to offense, more so than Kidd did. He likes shooting the threes. He doesn't fight with our analytics department like Kidd did. So, cool. We'll go down this route with him. He's not going to yell and scream like Kidd did at our star player and the all-stars and everything else, and he'll be easier. That was the plan of those two. This is the problem. You can tell me that I don't know exactly what these guys run on offense, what these guys run on defense, and so forth. The issue is this. You cannot bring somebody in that does not have some type of success in this league to that locker room with those guys and then sell them that he's going to get you over the hump that Bud couldn't. Bud won a championship with you, and this dude who's been in the playoffs once in his career, he's going to win a championship with you. Just trust us. Hey, man, these guys got to buy into whoever walks in that locker room. Like, that's just a thing. Now, whether that be a former player that they respect because that former player won a championship and has been around the block and they know who he is, whether that's a head coach that's won the damn thing, Nick Nurse, whatever, whether that's a former college coach, Right, like Jay Wright, that has been to the mountaintop and done it before and has got a great track record around the league of producing guys and 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 doing stuff. Fine. I can't see. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't see them going down the route of a guy that doesn't have some type of really high success and track record and putting him with this veteran locker room. This isn't Oklahoma City where you got a bunch of young guys that are gonna play for whoever. Let's go. You had a bunch of dudes that have been around the block a lot and are going to know what is right and what is wrong and what they believe they should be doing and so forth. And Giannis is a coach's guy and all that, and he's not going to argue against the coach and all that. That's fine. But they're still going to have their opinions. They know what Kenny Atkinson is like. These guys have played against Kenny Atkinson teams. They know uh, what Scotty Brooks is like. They've seen Scotty Brooks coach teams. And Scotty Brooks was great when he had Durant and Harden and those guys to a degree. But even when he had them, he couldn't get them over the hump, right? Couldn't finish with those guys when they were young and playing at a high level at that point. 
I think personally, a lot of this is just show. Like I said, doing favors for this guy, that guy, whatever the case may be, friendships. I think they've got a short list already in their mind of probably two or three people that they are seriously entertaining of who they're going to hire. And this whole wide net thing just makes it look like, oh, we're going to exhaust all options and make sure we got the right guy. I think they've already got two or three people that they are seriously interested in that are they're really going to go through with uh, forward. I, I don't buy the rest of this stuff, Nathan. Yeah, it, and, and that, I mean, that kind of, you kind of circled back to my point there where I'm saying you don't have to freak out that they're interviewing these guys because I don't think it's very meaningful, in my opinion. Like, again, if I hire one of these guys, okay, then you can start right. to really question things. But these like these interviews don't necessarily always mean something. These Just because they're getting an interview doesn't mean that they're being super seriously considered, you know? Um, and like you now, said, I think they have... If they I don't interview they Nick Nurse, then I think people should probably be upset. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think, you know, there should be guys that, again, based on their track record, like a Nick Nurse, where you're like, that guy's proven, that guy's whatever. Like, he should at least be given, you know, at least get an interview, at least have a chance at this, and at least be considered. If not, that seems like a mistake. But, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think they have a short list of guys that they're like, okay, these are our serious target considerations. These other guys are more just, you know, whatever. And if someone really wows you, you can maybe put them more into consideration. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, I just, I'm not freaking out about names that they're interviewing. Um, I just, I, I, I'm not gonna. And yeah, I, at the end of the day, I do think, you know, you said a new coach that hasn't done it before, isn't going to be the one to come in here and, you know, get the trust of the locker room and be the the next championship coach. And I mean, I, I do agree with that. I do think that, um, you know, I said that I don't want a first year coach. When we were first talked about this, I said, I ideally, I want someone who has been there before, who has some experience because you just, with a team like this, that is so experienced and has been there. And it's like, you don't, you don't want a first year head coach coming in here. Now, again, with that being said, I, I just, no matter what happens, Giannis will be signed off on it. The players will be, you know, the main guys will be signed off on it. They're not going to hire someone that, and all of a sudden just be like, Oh, here's your head coach. Even though none of you really want this guy. Like, they're going to make sure that like, and that's everything. People don't think about that stuff. It's like, they just think, Oh, this guy's bad in my opinion. So this sucks. And none of these guys are going to want to play for him. Well, if they don't want to play for him, they won't hire him. Like they, all that stuff happens first. And then you make the decision. So if the decision happens that way, well, it's because things happen differently than we thought would happen in the interview process. And in the asking Giannis about a process and then the asking other players about a process, like, Sometimes we just have to acknowledge that, okay, maybe things are different than we perceive them to be about this guy because clearly something they like, something there is something they like about him, is what I'm saying. It's funny when Bud got hired, what was the knock on Bud? Didn't make adjustments in the postseason. And yeah. then he got here, and what was the knock on Bud? Didn't make adjustments in the postseason. They overcame it one time where he did make adjustments clearly and deserves credit for that championship run in the playoffs, but that was the knock on him. Didn't change. Got here. Same old, same old for the most part. And and I know people, um, like I've seen already some people say like, oh, well, front offices, you know, they can mess up on hirings and like, yeah, that's true. And, but then people use the example of like hiring kid, like no one, that was not a good hire. But at the same time, we're in a completely different state than we were in 2015 or whenever that was like, I just don't, like, I don't think the process will be the same. I don't think they're looking for the same, you know? So I just, I don't like using that as a comparison because it's like. Was that not the best hire? No, it wasn't. But 
that's Giannis not the isn't where Giannis is without Jason Kidd. Yeah, like it, he, it's not like no Jason chance. Kidd derailed the entire franchise and like it, it. No, like that they were at a point where they needed to get a little bit. You know, Giannis needed to get a little bit better. Everyone needed to get a little bit better. And you know, I think in some ways Kidd did that. You know, again, at least with Giannis's development. But it's like that just because they did that before that doesn't mean that doesn't correlate to what's going to happen now. It doesn't mean they're going to hire someone like a Jason Kidd now or whatever. Like it just it's irrelevant. Yeah. Now they hire Steve Nash. Here we go again. Uh, but, you know, a guy like Mike D'Antoni is out there. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. It'll be interesting to see if they go after current head coaches that are under contract. Ty Lue has been rumored. I joked on I Twitter that, hey, man, people are blaming Steve Kerr. You know, maybe Steve Kerr should get pissed and be like, hey, y'all don't appreciate me. I want to go to Milwaukee. I'm sure Yas would appreciate having Steve Kerr as his head coach. Let's give that a shot. Uh, and that, I think, would be a big hire, obviously, for the Bucks if they were able to make a trade and get a Steve Kerr. There's apparently a lot of people that love Ty Lue. Not really a big Ty Lue guy, but there's a lot of people that love Ty Lue out there, so maybe they make a move and get Ty Lue from the Clippers. I don't know. There's a long way to go, though, and, and it appears they're going to take their time. It doesn't appear that they're in a rush, uh, so these Green and Gold podcasts will be filled with uh, us talking about coaches probably going forward, uh, which should be a lot of fun. All right, last topic. I've been waiting to do this since last week, and Bud getting fired ruined it. Uh, so let's get to it. Twitter poll question normally of the day, not today. It's a Twitter poll question of last week because we never got to the results. And it was a really good one. Nathan Marzian at Nathan Marzian does it usually every Thursday. Uh, so Nathan Marzian, what was the question last week? What were our options? All right. The question, which loss hurt the most? And it's the last four postseason losses. So we have the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals against Toronto the bubble in 2020 against the Heat, last year against Boston, and this year against the Heat. The final results, almost 5,000 votes, and this year versus the Heat, number one at 43%. 2019 Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors is number two at 36%, and then a big drop-off. And then last year versus the Celtics is number three at 13.7%, and in last place, the bubble against the Heat, 7%. Yeah, I would agree with that. <clears throat> I, I would I would go down this. My my order would be the exact same. That th this year really sucked, right? But part of me not as upset because you didn't have Giannis for like two and a half games uh, and so forth. You didn't have a defender on Jimmy Butler because your coach wouldn't let you play Giannis on Jimmy Butler. Your coach made no adjustments to double Jimmy Butler. So it is what it is. Um, so that one hurt. The Raptors won though, man. Mm -mm -mm. on the air going, man, they're going to sweep this damn team. They, Toronto may not even get a game in this series. This isn't going to be even close. It's over. What is what is Toronto and Nick Nurse possibly going to do differently that they could even win a game or two against the Bucs and the Bucs lose the next four freaking games in a row? That, to me, was just absolutely gut-wrenching how that whole thing played out with Kawhi Leonard. Absolutely gut-wrenching. It, it's up there for number one, close with this Miami Heat thing, for sure. Uh, because you were relatively healthy that whole series. There's no injury to go back on. You have an injury to go back on last year with Milton being out uh, against the Celtics. You have the Giannis injury in this one to go back with uh, losing to the Heat, even though, as we talked about, they should have been able to beat the Heat without damn Giannis. Uh, but either way, I think the Heat is one. But Toronto, that's a real close two for me. What about you, Nathan? I'm going to go in reverse order of mine. So my number four, so, you know, hurt the least is 2019, which is a unpopular take, but
but 2019 is my least hurt, uh, devastating loss. Third, I would put the Celtics last year. Second, I would put the Heat this year, and number one would be the bubble. Now, here's Bubble's here's a disaster. A now, here's the thing. In 2023, looking back on it and saying which loss hurts the most now, okay, well, that's a completely different question. But in the moment, I can tell you the bubble was the worst for me. I And some of this is just with my age. So 2019 for me was the first year the Bucs were ever relevant and good. And like they, my first time ever seeing them win a playoff series and they made it all the way to the conference finals. So for me, losing to the Raptors didn't hurt as much because I was like, I've never even been, we've never been this far before. Like, I can't even believe they're this far. You know, this is awesome. Did it hurt? Yes. But was I like devastated by it? No, I was like, okay, you know, um, yeah, I, like I was just was happy they made it that far. And I was like, we're going to, you know, Jan is still really young and we're going to be back and whatever. The next year in the bubble, that whole year was kind of like, okay, you know, again, last year was our happy to be here year for me. This year is we want to get over that hump. We want to, you know, get to the finals, may win the finals. And for them to flame out like they did in the bubble. And again, looking back on it, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm not mad that we didn't win that bubble title. Like I just, that would not, I, didn't, I wouldn't want that to be our first championship, you know, in, in this era to be in the bubble. So I'm not that mad about it anymore. It would be the least for me now. But in the moment, that one killed me because I just was like, this was supposed to be the year. And it really felt like, you know, and then plus on top of that, you had, all the Giannis rumors immediately after that, that was the summer where he was going to sign the, you know, Supermax and would he not sign it and blah, blah, blah. And just all that was starting and, you know, people really getting on Giannis and for, for, you know, losing the series again and sh not showing up in the playoffs and all that. So all that stuff really made that number one for me last year versus Boston hurt a lot just cause it was Boston. But at the end of the day, like we fought really hard without Chris, we played a pretty good series without Chris um, can't complain too much about that. And then, yeah, this year is, is number two for me. Um, just being very disappointing, you know, with a season that you really felt like this Bucks team was damn good and a team that could you know win another title and to go out like they did was, was obviously devastating. But again, this one too, I think you could look back on in a few years and be like that actually, you know, kind of like the bubble one, you're like, yes, it killed us at the time, but it actually probably was necessary and maybe a good thing, you know, for us to to go through that in order to win another title. Um, that could be something that we say later. Because again, 2020, it's like we we lost that. That made us trade blood so and go get Drew. You know, that ended up being something good. Like that ended up actually probably helping us win a title. You know, so I don't know. Positives. That bubble was a, an, an utter disaster. I mean, I I remember being in the air, looking up. Seeing no Bucks players on the court. What the hell's going on? And then seeing on Twitter that the Bucks aren't coming out and that there's some type of protest going on. And being on the air going, what is happening? And literally, at one point, I just started laughing like, apparently they're not playing the game. They're boycotting. They're not playing. Because you had the shooting in Kenosha and everything that was going on. And at that point, you're like, dude, there is a bunch of crap going on in that Bucks locker room right now. I'll bunch of stuff and you know we kind of downplayed it on the big show if memory serves correct i could be wrong i'm pretty sure we kind of downplayed it like dude they're fine whatever like they're they're fine they're you go play like 
whatever it is, they're fine. I think it was Gary that's like, man, I don't know. There's so much going on. I don't know if they're going to overcome this. That That's a lot to kind of process and go through. Plus, you were reading the stories of all these different NBA players missing their families and hating being in there and, and not having, you know, those relationships like they would have outside the bubble and just dreading it. And that's when you're like, okay, this is not good. And I remember on there going, whoever wins this is going to have an asterisk because you're playing in conditions that you're never, hopefully, cross your fingers, that you'll never, ever have to play in again the rest of your life the way they were playing in it. And in fact, Bart Winkler was on Twitter the other day, uh, the old morning show host on 1250 uh, and now a uh, filling guy in CBS Sports Radio. And he was saying, I take back everything I said about the Lakers on that bubble year because now it's looking like it could be Lakers in Miami again, uh, all over again, fast forward a couple of years outside of the bubble and we could get the same matchup again. And I walked in here. He was in here filling in for Bill Ryder on CBS Sports Radio. I walked in, popped my head, and I said, dude, don't pull that back. Like, that doesn't change anything. Okay, fine. Maybe the matchup ends up being the same. But what all those guys went through and the difficulty of what it was to go through still makes that year completely different than any other regular NBA season. Now, you can give them more credit for everything that they had to overcome in the bubble to play. That's fine. I'm just saying that year will always be different than every other title. Yeah, for sure. And I, I agree. Like just cause they make it three years later, doesn't mean we have to say, Oh, the bubble was completely legit and everything. You know, I'm nobody's saying that, you know, I don't know. Nobody's saying that the Lakers or heat didn't deserve to be there. Cause they won the games. They, they showed up and they overcame that stuff. They did that, but it's just, yeah, everyone's just kind of saying, yeah, it was different. You know, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same circumstances. And, you know, so that just makes everything a little bit off. Um, and there's nothing like wrong with saying that. Like, it's just true. You know, ask any player, ask the players on those Lakers and Heat teams if it was different, they would say yes. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that helped the Lakers, I mean, if we're being honest, they were old and you had a couple months off to get their bodies revitalized and re-energized to be able to play through that. Right. That was the one thing that everybody said really benefited the Lakers because they're an old team. They got that time off. And I think to a certain degree that hurts some teams where because you had to stop playing and then try to pick back up and find momentum. And they gave them like what, two or three games, whatever the hell it was uh, to kind of figure it all out. And not all the NBA teams were even there. Some NBA teams never even continued their season. They weren't even there. They had to play in teams or whoever else there. And that was about the, the extent of it. So the Bucks got a couple games in and then boom, the playoffs started. And then you're trying to build momentum while all hell was breaking loose back here in Wisconsin. And it was a it was a sideshow and, and they couldn't get their heads wrapped around it. George Hill was was leading that parade of everything that was going down uh, and it was a mess. So, yeah, I'll never forget that being on the radio through all of that, through COVID being on the radio, trying to do topics and conversations, all the stuff that happens in Kenosha, the protests and all of that. Like that was nuts. man. That, that was absolutely crazy. Uh, so Nathan Marzion. Uh I want to ask a question though. Oh yeah. So, um, if you could go back in time, you know, mm -hmm. cause again, I said, I said, this is, you know, looking at it now is a lot different than thinking about how you felt at the time. If you could go back in time, knowing what you know now and everything that happened, you went, you go back to the bubble and you have the, the choice to make the bucks win that title. Do you do it? No. Yeah. Neither would I. It's the only title that I wouldn't, 
I'd be like, no, I don't want the Bucks to win this one. Like I'd rather. Well, I would have taken it. Don't get me wrong. I would have celebrated, and the parade still would have happened, and all that. Yeah, but I, I'm saying well, again, maybe the looking, parade doesn't happen. Did they well, have a parade? No, they didn't. Yeah. So, so here's the thing, and and again, it's knowing what we know now. At the time, yes, we all wanted them to win. I was devastated that they lost. But again, if I could, if if I went back in time, and you dropped me in there and said, okay, you can take this guaranteed championship right now. But what happens after that, you know, whatever, you know, it, you're probably keeping blood. So you're keeping you know, whatever. Right. And so it's like, no, I, I'd, I'd rather definitely, you know, I, I, to me, it's not even that close. When I think about it, it's like, no, would I rather win this bubble title that you don't get a prey, you don't get any of that. And it, you know, you have Eric Bledsoe and you kind of then keep him and you're not going to make the Drew trade or do I hunt on that one trade for Drew and have this amazing finals run? Then I'd easily take the second one. But the counter to that is. Would you rather beat LeBron for that title? Or would you rather beat what you ended up beating the Suns? Beating beating LeBron is a bigger deal. Is a bigger deal, but it doesn't. To me, I, I'd rather beat someone else with LeBron sitting courtside, by the way. I'd rather beat <laughs> someone else and have the parade and have that summer that we had and yeah. have the deer the deer district and all that. That that far outweighs what it would be just beating LeBron in the bubble. Nathan Marzian, what what does one Nathan Marzian Bucks super fan do now that uh, the Bucks season is done? Are you are you watching NBA playoffs? Man, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm watching. Um, it's upsetting at times though. I haven't watched much. Yeah, I'll I, be honest, I haven't. I haven't. I would sit down and watch one complete game yet. I've watched. I don't uh, watch 10, 15 minutes here, 10, 15 minutes there, and I turn it off and I go do something else. I don't watch the Sixers Celtics very much because I, I hate those teams and I just don't really want to watch. Hey, Sixers are about to choke it away, it appears. I didn't see the game, but it looks like they lost. They're yeah. going to choke it away. James Harden, shrunk under pressure. Doc Rivers, again, up. they're going to blow it again. Watch. Those two yeah. knuckleheads are going to blow it again. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Sorry. And and uh, so, yeah, I'm, like, I'm following what's going on. You know, I'll check the scores and see who won. Um, the West is really fun to watch. Like I'm watching the Lakers Warriors. I'm watching the Nuggets Suns. I'll even watch Heat Heat Knicks a little bit, but like I don't know. Those Eastern ones are a little harder to watch because you're just like it, it. You feel more attached to that. You feel more like the Bucks could slash should be playing. Um, but the West is like I you know those games are going to happen regardless. So who cares? And I can just enjoy those ones. I speaking of which are the are the Gold State the, Lakers. Hmm? I've watched the most. I don't think I watched a minute of the Heat and Knicks. Not a single Nuggets, minute, I don't believe. The Nuggets are up 30 at halftime. Yeah. By the way. So they're they're going to advance. Is Jamal Murray playing? Because Jamal Murray was questionable going into that game. Yes, he is. He was sick or something. Yeah, he had to play. They had to have him uh, to win that game. But either way, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. I am 100% in on Brewers. Uh, and then, of course, with the NFL schedule coming out and all of this, been all over that. Packers got extremely lucky with how the schedule turned out. I absolutely love it. Kurt and Long will have uh, Andy Herman on the latest Kurt and Long podcast. We'll record on Friday with Ryan Horvath and myself. Andy Herman, of course, part of the Pack Day podcast. Don't forget, you can download this podcast, Kurt and Long's Time Bowling Show podcast, on your Odyssey app or anywhere you download your favorite podcast. And, of course, you can also check these out on YouTube on the Odyssey Sports page as well. From time to time, I'll post some of these videos up there for you to give a look-see if you'd like to. Marzian, what's on the agenda for the weekend? Going out. Oh! Uh, having a little, having a little, you know, maybe maybe some shots. Some, oh! I don't, I don't really drink beer, so I I don't, 
I'm not going to have beer. I might have some vodka lemonade, vodka Giannis. Vodka yeah. Giannis. <laughs> it's going to be going to be one of those weekends, you know, Friday and Saturday, the double header. It's supposed to be raining all weekend. So try and Is stay right? dry in the bars. Yeah. All right. We'll do. Good luck. There you go. Ladies, somebody pick this boy up, man. Come on, man. He's just hanging I out got, there. I, I got nothing to do right now, man. I, I mean, he'll I'm, hang out with you. When the buck season starts, you won't see him until after yeah. the buck season is done. This but. is no genuinely, this is like whenever the season ends, it's always the point where I'm like, my God, like this is when I need a girlfriend, you know? Like this is when you're just like just for the summer. I don't know, I don't know what to do. Yeah. A little summer fling, you know. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing wrong so. with the summer fling for you, Mars. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it at all. Follow Nathan Marzian on Twitter and Nathan Marzian can follow me at Sparky Radio. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good